welcome to another episode of Let's Chat, You and Me. The last episode, we talked about walking out on water and what it means to trust God, to take a leap, to have faith. Another part of that journey incorporates perspective and waiting. Recently, I attended a book launch for an author by the name of Patricia A. Daly. Aside from the great food and fondue fountain and excellent live entertainment, it was a lot of fun. The launch party was really informative. I got much more information about the author than I would have by reading, you know, that little blurb at the back of the books or on like, let's say, Amazon or something like that when you go to purchase the book. It was really cool that people in her personal life basically spilled all of the beans. I mean, they told everything, honey, about her. We heard from people she'd grown up with and others she'd become friends with for years. Come to find out, this book that was being launched was a book that was in the making for years. And Patricia didn't even realize it until later in life that this would be the time for her to do it. This is what she'd been waiting for. I suppose that's the reason why her book is called Wait for What? At first glance, I figured the book would be another romantic story with a little heartbreak, a little romance, and eventually a predictable happy ending. You know, those little ones where Sally gets her heart broken because she thought she found Mr. Right, and then at the end she meets Matt and... It's all rainbows and gumdrops and now they have children and everyone's walking off into the sunset after a while. So it gives you hope for whatever age you are. And you're like, well, you know, my heart's been broken. I've been pissed off for quite a while, but there's hope because Sally found that. So it's all good. Well, this book was not predictable at all. I was wrong and I could not be more happy that I was so wrong. Never judge a book by its cover. Hmm. What do you know? The saying is true. It was obviously true from the first page. The style of the book is unique in that it comes from the perspective of a person who knows the story of the main character. Carissa Payton, by the way. It's sort of like a, hmm, how can I put it? It's sort of like a narrative mixed with homespun wisdom with a cultural twist fully backed by biblical scripture for every point that the author wanted to drive home. Did you catch all of that? I hope you did, because it was a mouthful, and I don't really want to say it again. (laughs) But I told you this book was different. At one point in the book, the author talks about the father-daughter relationship that Carissa ended up developing with God after waiting to see her parents again, after both had abandoned her. Now, the book discusses hurts and unresolved questions that one might experience in life, really demonstrating that we all wait for the answer or the apology, but what's actually developing in our lives is way more important. And this is actually the purpose for the wait. Now, when I looked over it, I realized that I can truly relate to Carissa, the main character, on so many levels. Growing up, I was raised by a single mother, right? And I did not lack love. I had family, friends, everything. But there was one thing that I always kept hidden 
inside. I know sometimes people may get tired of the story, but it really doesn't matter because it's my story. And it's something that took me years to start to be where I am. For some people, it might take them years or they're not even there yet. And they didn't even know that their journey should have begun. Or maybe the journey begun and they didn't even know and they're hiding from it. But the point is, I too experienced a longing of what felt like somewhat of an abandonment, even though I wasn't abandoned per se, I didn't have my father in my life while I was growing up. So that made me really feel like I was unwanted, unloved, unnecessary, cast aside, or maybe even a person that was a shame, you know, for him. While it may not have been true, him and I now have a relationship and I do enjoy talking to the goofball that he is and I love him dearly. But this is how I felt when I was growing up. As a young child, I couldn't understand why a parent wouldn't want to be there with a child. My mind couldn't wrap around it. So like Carissa in the book, I definitely can relate to a longing, a waiting, a waiting for a completeness, a waiting to know that I was not abandoned, I was not unwanted, I was not unloved, I was not thought of as a shame or an unnecessary being. A lot of that held who I thought I was. It held my identity in that weight. It held my identity. It was both a weight, W-A-I-T, and a weight, W-E-I-G-H-T. Yeah, I had to stop and rethink that I spelled that correctly, but you guys get it. it. It it weighed down on me so much throughout the years that I grew to be embittered. I was completely embittered. I hated every Father's Day. I made sure everyone knew that my mom was the best thing since sliced bread. And if anyone were to ask me to do poetry for Father's Day, because I also wrote poetry, I would have a comeback and say, for what? I don't have a father. What am I writing about? Come back to me on Mother's Day which was so wrong. I was trying to mask a hurt and I was not owning up to the journey that I was supposed to be cognizant of, that I was supposed to recognize. Even at that age, a child can recognize when they are fighting against something because they're fighting against it. It only takes a a sit down conversation, but again, it has to be a willing conversation on the part of the individual that needs to heal. And that may be a little difficult for those who are younger. I knew it was for me because I wanted to keep a facade up. I didn't want to hurt my mother's feelings. I didn't want parts of my father's family who I did know to feel as though I was angry at them for any reason. But this is my truth. This is what I dealt with. And it went with me all through Uh, I wouldn't say all through adulthood because I'm still growing. (laughs) I'm a new adult, but um, it went with me 
for so long, so long. It was so tiring, y'all. It was so tiring. You could only spend so much time crying in the fetal position. You can only spend so much time refusing, refusing to let go of pain and anger. You can only spend so much time until it breaks you. And hopefully at that breaking point, you realize what you're waiting for and whether the wait is necessary at all. And then there comes the point of perspective. How are you viewing this weight, if this weight is necessary, how are you viewing this weight? Exactly what are you waiting for? Maybe you need to change what you're actually waiting for. Maybe you'll never get that apology. Maybe you'll never get that understanding of why you experienced what you experienced. Maybe you'll never get the answer. What is your new perspective? In this process, how am I supposed to grow? That's what I eventually came to. That's where I started to face the pains. That's where I started to face the uncertainty of how others would view me releasing how I felt. Gotta tell you, it really doesn't matter how anyone else views how you feel. Because they can't stop how you feel. So the question is that Patricia asked... Wait for what? Hmm. Is there something that you're waiting for? Or you don't even know if you're in a waiting position? There are many different things. For me, that was one of the things where I could relate with the main character. Sometimes there are things that we think that we're missing out on, be it husbands or wives or children or success in our business ventures, whatsoever it is. I mean, there are one-sided affections. There's the forgetfulness of past times that God has proved to always be faithful. You know, God always gets you out of a jam and it's those positions where you're like, God, if you do this for me, I will do X, Y, Z. And then God does it and then you forget and you're like, God, if you do this, then I'll do it. And he's like, but I already did it. And you still haven't held up your end. But I love you enough, I'm going to do it again and again and again and again. Because he doesn't keep record of wrong. How wonderful is God? But that's a whole other podcast. But, you know, I'm going to weave it in here anyway. Because who going to check me, boo? The fear of the unknown. We spoke about that in the last episode, Walkout. So you guys can go ahead and check it. That's episode seven of season one. So even as I prepared... For this episode, I received a nicely written rejection letter. Don't you guys just love those? I mean, (laughs) it comes with the lovely, thank you so much for wanting to be a part of this grand whatever, whatever. Though you have such excellent qualifications for this, we would love to, you know, do work with you or whatever, whatever. But you weren't chosen for this. So... Good luck in the future with whatever you do. It's just like, oh, oh, okay, thank you for the compliments and the rejection all in the same bundle. But it's okay. It naturally made me think, what more do I have to do? What more do you want from me? You just gave me all these wonderful compliments. So what more do you want? The answer? Nothing. 
I don't have to do another thing but wait for God to manifest his plan that's already been in motion since before I was even born. I got to just keep pushing. Keep walking out on that water. Keep going. That's what I got to do. There's a lot that I am revealing with you guys. And hopefully you're also taking stock in your own lives. Looking at the weight that you might be in right now. And uh, recognizing the journey that you're walking in. So I hope that this podcast and this episode really helps you to unpack some things. Back to the book, back to this point of where the author talks about the father-daughter relationship Carissa had ended up developing with God after waiting to see her parents again because she felt abandoned. Wait for what is not a love story in the common sense. It is, however, still a love story. Don't get that twisted. It's about life and how God uses our pain, scars, setbacks, delays, and flat out no's to build a road to our life paths. Earlier I said that God keeps no record of wrongs. Let me be clear. This is after we confess them to him and then ask for forgiveness. He then uses those same detours of our own making to teach us, cultivate us, and bless us in a way only he can do. I cannot begin to understand it, nor can I explain how God does any of this. What I do know is that each path is different. The materials used to build them may be similar. That means we may have similar experiences where we can sympathize with someone like I can sympathize with Carissa and how she felt when she was younger, or you can sympathize with someone else, or maybe you can sympathize with me. But the layout, Mm-mm, honey, that alone is God designed. Now, I said detours of our own making. You may be wondering, what in the world is this woman talking about? Well, this, this is what I'm talking about. Sometimes in the way we do way too much, like too much, too much. We try to finesse the cement, the dirt and the asphalt thinking we have the better method. We don't, Mm -mm. we don't, we don't know what we're doing any at all. And the first time we can admit that without being puffed up in our egos, huh? the road becomes so much easier, so much easier. I'm speaking from experience because right now I'm still in the process of killing the ego. You know what? That can be another episode. Killing the ego. Let me not digress. We end up causing bumps on a path that was meant to be smooth. If we'd only followed the architect's directive. Seriously, why do we hate instructions so much? This could mean someone telling us what to do. I have a saying where even though I'm joking, I know it's the core of (laughs) how I've been. Someone will tell me what to do. And while I'm taking the instruction and I'm going to do it, I jokingly say, tell me what to do. 
And that may very well be part of the ego. But even though I'm doing it in a joking, laughing way, and yet I am actively taking the instruction. Gotta dig deeper. Why do I even say that? It might very well be because I personally don't like reading instructions myself. That may be your case. And make it worse, we want to know how our lives are going to play out. We want to know what's going to happen tomorrow. Not even thinking that tomorrow may never be. But we seriously want to plan everything out. We don't want anything to go outside of the way we want it to be. And we certainly, certainly do not want to wait. If you're anything like the New Yorker in me, you do not want to wait. Long lines are not your jam. So what do we do? We look for the easy way out. We look for the quick way. We look for the expedited shipping Instead of having to wait on that line, we go online and we press click, add to cart, purchase. Because it's quicker, right? But by doing this, we've removed all kinds of protection. We've removed the trees that were there to give protection from harsh elements of life, like uh, toxic people and situations. Hint, hint. You know what I'm talking about. Every single one of us has a toxic person, a toxic situation that we are a part of, and we know we should not be there or with that person or hanging with them anymore because they do not bring us anything good. They bring harm to our lives. We've planted all types of crops and plants that serve no purpose other than the aesthetics forgetting that one day the reality of their beauty is nothing when it comes to purpose. This isn't to say that beauty is futile because, you know, things are nice to look at. Things are nice to experience. But we need to know its purpose. We need to know their purpose. And if needs be, we need to be willing to uproot that which is not purposeful in our lives. Let's just be real. The author answers the title question, wait for what, with these simple words. For God's purposes to be revealed in our lives. So that's the question. Wait for what? And here's the answer. For God's purposes to be revealed in our lives. Now, I'm going to post where you can purchase her book because you may just want to read it. And I suggest that you do. So I'm going to post the link in the, uh, on the website on www.crystalsays.com. Did I get all the W's in there? I think so. Anyway, crystalsays.com. Okay? Go there. You'll find all the links for Patricia A. Daly's book, Wait for What? Now, Along these same lines of journeys and incredible things that happen when you're waiting, and sometimes you don't know that you're waiting, I want to talk to you about this incredible artist that I've had the pleasure of meeting. Her name is Gloria Braxton. If you don't know her now, trust me, soon you will. Greatness has a way of blindsiding you. 
and she's going to do just that. Glory's been an artist of seven years. I recently listened to an interview that she did with the Artistic Talents Show with Melvin Isaac on YouTube. Gotta love YouTube. Also, as you can tell right now, our podcast is on YouTube, or at least this one will soon be on YouTube. Gloria, in this interview, stated that she thought she was only in the learning phase while she was practicing her art, but it was in that same phase that people started to take notice and start requesting her work. That's amazing. And I'll tell you why it's amazing. Because there are many times when we are in our waiting phase and we question, what is the purpose of it all? Why am I here? Why am I stuck? Why am I in this rut right now? And that rut may very well not be a rut. It may be the place where you are waiting because it's not the time for it to surface yet. You don't have the maturity or the appreciative factor within you yet. It hasn't grown yet. It hasn't come yet within you to appreciate the next level or the the, the place where God wanted you to be all along. You have to grow. Maybe you're an infant in this stage. But while Gloria thought she was an infant in that stage, she was more like a toddler going into adolescent years because people started noticing what she was doing. Now, I could tell you how she got into it at all, but no, I think you should go ahead and click the YouTube link that I'm also gonna post here so that you can see her interview altogether because when Gloria speaks, she has such a, a word that I feel describes her so well, <laughs> finesse. She has such a smooth way of, of, of and explaining herself and her artwork and the passion that she has for it. And that's part of what I recognized in Gloria when I met her, watching this interview and speaking with her, period. The passion that she has for what she does, it literally lights up her eyes. Almost you can like see stars in her eyes when she speaks about it, when she speaks about the artwork and the appreciation she has for other people's artwork. And then that flows into what she does because she's not competing with anybody else. She's recognizing what is great in someone else. And then she's looking at herself to see what she can pour into her own work, which is part of the journey. She is actually being cultivated. I'm not sure she even knows that. Well, hopefully, Gloria, if you're listening, you are being cultivated and it is a pleasure to see you on this journey. Here's what majorly stuck out for me in the entire interview with Gloria Braxton, the artist. As she spoke of an exchange between herself and her mother, she mentioned that her mother was apologetic because she had not bought her uh, artistic tools, you know, like, you know, paint sets and drawing things and all of the stuff an artist would need to develop their skills when Gloria was a child. But what Gloria told her 
is really important and it's really key to what I said earlier. Gloria said to her mom, you bought it when I was ready for it. Like, whoa, yes, Gloria, yes, honey. You bought it when I was ready for it. It was at this point that Gloria realized maybe in her younger years, she wasn't going to be ready for it. She wouldn't appreciate it the same way she does now. She wasn't going to be there. The maturity level within her would not be there yet. That wasn't the part of her life's path and life's journey that was ready for artistic tools. Oh, and did I mention? No, I didn't. I completely forgot to tell you guys this major important thing. Gloria is a self-taught artist. That means she did not study at a school any at all. Gloria is a self-taught artist. I mean, when God gives you talent, skill, and ability, the things he can do. All right. In this podcast, uh, on the website on crystalsays.com, I'm going to link Gloria's social media. So you can find her there as well on Instagram and Facebook and all those different things. And she does have art for sale as well. Also, what came to mind, funny enough, a passage in the book I spoke of earlier, The Wait for What by Patricia Daly. Sometimes the Lord in his wisdom allows us to wait in order to mature us into committed adults. Commitment is necessary to develop stamina. You know, when you're younger and you decide you want to do karate, you want to do ballet, you want to play an instrument, and that lasts maybe for six months, a year, maybe, and your your home, your garage, your basement is chock full of all the different little things you told your parents you wanted to do and who you wanted to be as you grew up, but you've since left that. Hey, maybe Gloria would have left that. She doesn't know. During an interview, I'm sorry, during that interview and a conversation that she and I had, it was a candid one. She wondered whether the same passion and drive would have been there in her adolescent years for the art that she creates now. I don't know if it would have had the same depth. Would it have had the same meaningful and powerful conveyance? I don't know because who she is now, the experiences that has been wrapped up in her life, the, the, the very reason she began to create art that didn't yet exist, you know, that, that, that pain and joy and, and, and love did not yet exist. So who knows? This is part of the journey. This is part of the wait. So The growth happens while you're waiting out life, and it's completely amazing. Sometimes you know that you're waiting, and other times you have no clue that you're even waiting. But when it hits you, it hits you. There's a quote that Gloria said, too many white walls, let's fill them up. That was a fly quote. You may not think so, but I certainly think so. Because I can look at that in different ways. 
the walls in your home. She has a passion for filling up your walls with life and color and vibrancy that evokes precious memories to you and take you to different places of happiness in your life. But also, internally, there are white walls that need to be addressed. They're blank spaces because we've left them there because they might be a little too painful to touch. They're they're too painful to actually put something on, to actually give them a name, a title of, of what you've been experiencing in your life, in your journey to where you're supposed to be. So like Gloria said, too many white walls. Let's fill them up. Let's discover the reason for the weight. Let's give purpose and perspective to the weight. Coming to the ending of her interview, I'm telling you, she was dropping jewels in her interview. She said, when they asked her one last question, I honestly don't remember what the last question is, but her quote I had to write down. She said, All that fear is absolutely gone because when you get a gift and you get a blessing, it doesn't come to you by accident. It didn't just pop out of the sky. This is what you're supposed to be doing. If this is the beginning, what is the journey going to be like? I'm nothing but excited. That right there was fantastic. That was fantastic. And that type of perspective is amazing. It's amazing because it's looking forward to the ups, the downs, the lessons, the digging deeper for the meaning and the purpose for what God wants to do and for where he wants you. So what's my point in all of this? I encourage you, lovies, to embrace the journey. Ask God, what is it you want me to get from this waiting game? Where do you want me to dig deeper? What should I be doing? And how can I have the right perspective for where I am now? Well, that's a wrap for this episode. And I really do hope that you start thinking about it. Really think about it. Share this episode with someone who might need it. You know what? Share it anyway, because you never know who might need it. Maybe they're just really introspective and they don't say much. So they're quiet like I used to be. Sometimes I am. Share it. You never know who might click play. And be blessed by it. Enjoy the journey. Don't forget to subscribe. Now we are loading up on YouTube. We are still on crystalsays.com. We are still found on blueberry.com. We are also on player.fm. We are on iTunes. And uh, I'm trying to find more ways that I can get this loveliness out to you all. So if you guys have any feedback and comments and suggestions, shoot them my way. 
and I will take you all up on it. Okay? I love you much. God bless.